Lowe's knows you'll do it right to save on what you need to make stylish updates to your kitchen and bathroom. We do it right, too, with savings on the Delta Valdosta Kitchen and Bath Collection. Featuring faucets and accessories with Spot Shield technology so you don't have to worry about water spots and stains. And for three days only, all new and existing Lowe's credit card holders get 10% off purchases made with your Lowe's card. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Credit offer valid 315 to 317. Subject to credit approval cannot be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. Back chat with Maria McCann. Even in 1990. Even in 1990. Yeah, I, was I hate the Germans. Thrilled. No, 90. I was thrilled when they won it. I no. was delighted. I love it was Germany. A, a horrible game of football, the final in 1990. I remember Euro 88 happening and then World Cup 90 with the, the, the country going crazy. I remember all of those tournaments better than I remember the World Cup four years ago. Back chat with Maria McCann. Timmy Ryan and Vincent Bradley are like children on Christmas Eve. There are loads of people around who are like children on Christmas Eve because of an event which by the time you're listening to this will already be underway. And it's the World Cup, the Soccer World Cup. Uh I am immune to the Soccer World Cup. So I decided to engage you two to sell it to me and explain to me what am I missing that I'm not into soccer? What am I missing with the excitement and the matches and everything? Or am I missing anything? Is it just not for some people? Should I be watching it to me? I think we can convince you by the, the end of this, however long it's going to take. Look, for a start, yeah, um, probably exaggerated a bit there about the uh, Christmas, that, that excited. But I'm, I'm very look, very much looking forward to it. Uh, it's only every four years. Ireland is not in it, as we know, but hey, um, we've had our day in the sun in the past, we'll have it again. But it kind of takes a little bit of pressure off, I think, because we don't have to get his head off or get a stroke over shouting at the television because the ref gives a penalty against Ireland and we lose and we're all depressed and then the roller coaster of emotions as we've had in the past but um, it's a few weeks it's great fun Um, I remember lots of other World Cups uh, so I'm hoping this will be one that shows the beautiful game as we like to call Mm. it and and we have great moments to look Mm. back on uh, from a vantage point in the future but um yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting. It's a tournament. Does the host nation make a difference? Because it's in Russia. Does that make any difference, Vincent? Um, no, but, well, it's, if it's during the summer, it depends on where it is. There's already, you know, talk about Qatar and the next one. And, you know, there's going to be 50 degrees or they got it moved or whatever later in the year. Russia, not so much. The, the last one was in Brazil. And we all kind of forget the kind of... the the controversy surrounding the clearing out towns to build a stadium just for the World Cup and then now they're graveyards mm. almost. So I, I don't think there's so much of that this time around and kind of because we're football fans we kind of just concentrate on the first whistle to the last whistle and all we need is a, is just great games of football. I was looking at uh, like every goal from 20 whatever 14 the other night on YouTube and you go God that was a really good World Cup and then you kind of oh there was all that political stuff now forget that for the next few weeks right it's just a festival of football and we just want great goals we want the best players in the world to do what they do better yeah, than anybody else exactly it's, mm. it's imagine your favourite thing to watch a month full of it and that's purely what it is for us because as Timmy said we're not there so that we can just lie back and but it's on every us. week yeah, no, it's much. not. It's only yeah. four years. Mm. This yeah, is I different. Know that. I'm not that taken. But, but these are these are the nations, the best of the best, the creme de la creme. These are the um, you know the zenith of 
professional footballers all meeting representing their country their fans shouting for them the ones who are fortunate enough to travel over there who can afford to go to places like yeah. Russia fair play to them mm. it's it's a carnival it's the Eurovision of oh, soccer okay. and as, as Vincent said forget about the politics end of it um and there will be there will be things that happen from time to time. I was I was watching the official film and History Channel has been brilliant over the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah it's seen. been great. Yeah. They've I'm shown the As <laughs> <laughs> I kind of found out late, they've got, they got wall to wall football documentaries. Yeah, at the moment. They, they, but they showed the official FIFA movies mm. that they make for every World Cup. Sean Connery was narrating one. Uh, the soundtrack and a couple was done by one of my favourite artists, and I just I just loved watching it the whole thing. But uh, another documentary they showed, which was not the official one, was about Argentina 78 and, and Pele and Brazil, um, the whole backdrop to how Brazil used the World Cup in Mexico, even though it wasn't in their own country, to kind of promote the government. Argentina was a kind of dictatorship in 78 and Videla, the president, wasn't liked. 30,000 people went missing in, in Argentina. There was a concentration camp. Wow. I believe within a mile and a half of one of the stadiums where, where a World Cup match was happening, guys were watching in the concentration camp who were being beaten and tortured at the time. And one guy was interviewed. He said, I was there at the time. He was a journalist. He was put away because he was anti-government. Like a lot of people who were missing were never found. There was demonstrations going on during that competition that we never heard about in the Western world. I was only a kid at the time. Mm -hmm. I never knew anything about this. Even some of the players really weren't aware of what was going on in their own country. One player actually wouldn't travel to the World Cup and one of the, we missed one of the best talents in 1978, Johan Cruyff of Holland, because of the political situation, he decided, I'm not going. He wouldn't travel and he made a stand on it. But this guy, this journalist who was incarcerated at the time said, um, one particular night when Argentina were playing, everybody was watching it. And when Argentina scored, they were all shouting, roaring at the TV, cheering. Guards, uh, torturers and the people being tortured and they went back to being tortured the next day like nothing oh. changed but that's how surreal that for a moment though that had gone mm. so yeah there is that if you want to concentrate on you know certain things like that but it also I, shows the power of it I suppose that they can park all of that for the but world but that's it but the Argentinian players said we're not doing this for the government we won't, mm. we won't be part of the ones who knew what was going on they said uh, we just want to do this for the people mm. and for our country. And they went crazy. The Argentinians, they just, uh, they, were, they were throwing all this, you know, the ticker tape stuff. Yeah. The, the pitch was littered with toilet roll. Yeah. You, you just couldn't see for, for all this white on the pitch. Mm. And it was, it was a lovely spectacle. I'll never forget it. It does happen. Because it only happens every four years, it, there's not that many World Cups in mm. history, you know. So those images become ingrained mm. in your mind even like I'm I was born in 81 I don't remember 86 and Maradona and the hand of God and his his solo goal as well I don't remember that but it, I remember Euro 88 happening and then World Cup 90 with the, the, the country going crazy I remember all of those tournaments better than I remember the World Cup four years ago I needed a reminder yeah, yeah. of mm. Brazil 2014 whereas like Timmy I could watch a, a movie of 1990 or even 94 maybe 98 it all and comes go, back you, you I know remember yeah. Everything. Everything that happened. But was Every that goal. kind of our heyday, the whole of it? 1990 was. We hadn't been at a tournament until Euro 88. In fact, this week was the anniversary of Ray Houghton scoring the goal against England. 
Um, and then two years later, we went to a World Cup, and it was like th those were glory days. I just wish I was old enough to go to the pubs to watch the games. You know, <laughs> you missed a lot there. Yeah. I tell you. you did. It, it was it was sensational, and people will tell you exactly where they were, what pub they were <laughs> the, in, what cinema they were in. That leads me to my next question because when I'm I'm a, a film person, yeah. I like to watch films on my own or a TV program that I like on my own. Mm. I don't want people talking to me and saying what's that yeah, and who's yeah. that and what happened there. Mm. I like to just be able to focus. Do you guys like to go to the pub or you just like to sit at home, watch the match and get into it at home? I used to prefer to go to the pub. I don't know whether it's an age thing now. I just want, I, I, most important, I just want a seat and a good view of the screen. Yeah. So that usually means staying at home now because like, I'm a Liverpool fan. So say we like got to the Champions League final this season, which was great. And like the, the final rolled around and the final is on a Saturday night as opposed to the rest of the games being midweek. And we were like, do you want to go to the pub to watch it? And I was like, well... I don't know, I don't want to go and have to stand mile away and round the corner and you're kind of arching your neck. No, I'm just going, you know what? Let's, let's watch it yeah. in the gaff. Yeah. Um, but like, if you get that atmosphere, if you get your mates down the pub, a couple it's of pints. It's an amazing experience. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's a shared experience. It's a whole communal thing. It is like what you were saying. It's not, not as intense as Argentina. <laughs> it's a tribe. But, but it there is. is. Yeah. I have watched games and I, I watched Euro, some of the Euro 2016 games in Irish pubs in Liverpool because I was there during the, the tournament. And it was just incredible. When you get people all in the one wavelength, I mean, of, you know, it's the same as going to watch the Ireland rugby team on a Saturday in the Six Nations. It's just when anybody, when, if a try goes over, the place mm. erupts. It's, it's incredible, yeah. And the fact that we're not in it, mm. you were saying to me that that's kind of good because you can just enjoy it as an event rather than fretting and worrying about who we're up against next and are we going to get through and we should have got through and we didn't get through. That it's, it's almost, you can just enjoy it. At an enjoyable distance well, as opposed that's, that's to just, being fretful about that's it. That's just putting a positive spin on it. We, we, prefer, <laughs> we prefer to be there, but we're not. Yeah. So look, you, use, let, let, let's, let's use that as a kind of a, a positive. <laughs> who, who did Denmark? positive and everything. We lost to Denmark. And the, who did they get after in, in the groups? I have no idea. But they hammered us in the playoff. It could have been so, so different. About the pubs, though, I, I, I totally get that. Um, I... Also, I'm a Liverpool fan, and I did not want to go out to watch uh, the game. Mm. But I was invited to a party that night. But thankfully, the people at the party, uh, half of them were Liverpool fans, and it was a Liverpool house. And I thought, that's good. Because the problem is, as you well know, Vinny, if you go out to certain pubs to watch Liverpool playing, mm. chances are there's going to be a section of a certain other club's fans <laughs> there as well who take great joy yeah. in Liverpool not doing well. Mm. And that is very, very much... Um, a difficult thing to take when they lose because it's, it's like it's pouring salt in your wounds. Yeah. That doesn't we know the club I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think even I know the club. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, I do like the atmosphere though when it's a shared thing and, and mm. a bit of slagging is great as well. But to be honest, when you're at home, you can have the, your own beer and you sit down and watch, you shout at the television and F and blind yeah. all you want. And if, if, if you lose, you can curl up in a ball and die. If you win, you do kind of feel like going out then for a pint. But <laughs> you know what? You can't have everything. But the World Cup, I think, is more when Ireland were involved, everybody and people who had no interest before the tournament in 1990 were all getting down to I the pub. I have to put my hand up and say They were carrying mm. along in this beautiful wave of euphoria that none of us had ever seen before, ever. Mm. And we wanted it to last 
and we thought we'll, we'll get one mm. more match out of it. Then the quarterfinals came, the penalty shootout. We're in, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. I actually watched that Skelechi one. I watched it with, out, with my mother um, and I, I got that excitement and I got that passion. Now I thought I'd never got it again. <laughs> but I've, It drained I, out. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, I'm over that now. Mm. But I, I really did feel it and I felt the pride and I felt the excitement of the whole country and literally the whole country mm. was on board with but that it was new. and it was it on was, the edge of their seat. It was seat. virgin territory. We'd never had this before and people maybe thought we'll never see the likes of yeah. this again. There was grown men and they show them on, you'll see those old clips that they'll show yeah. of the, you know, one guy in particular and he's wiping tears with glasses yeah. and he's like, it was just amazing. Even people, as I said, from other sports who would land that bloody soccer thing? They were they were watching this, mm. and this was like the country oh, shut down. It did. It, really it did. shut down. It was like uh, I, I don't know. I, I and it wouldn't. I've never seen that. Mm. Ever. So you know, shops would still have to be manned, and well, they had to sell beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know? We're, we're very good at parking but the country when we need to, though. Yeah, we can. I mean, we can do. Go, it. We're not coming to work. Yeah, yeah. we can yeah. do. I think to be it, it, the, the kind of like you were saying that the, the newness has gone off of it now, and yeah. You know, I think even if we do get to tournaments, actually, we won't get out of the group kind of thing. The expectation isn't as high as it is. It's not, not the same. And we, we have lost some of the great players over the years that we, we used to have that were still around at the time. And now we're, we're bringing in new young guys. And the kind of feeling is, uh, look, one or two of them might be good enough. But mm. I, I think there's a, there's a dearth just in my opinion, I think there's a dearth of talent at the highest level at the moment. And hopefully it'll come on over the next few years and, and there's no reason why we can't be in World Cups and European Am Championships Am I detecting a touch of complacency about the fact that we're not in the World Cup? Um, no because I was would, would we rather be in a situation where we're England going to a tournament and constantly expecting to be in the last four or even the final and constantly coming home after the group stage or the second round that's been mm. England's problem over the last couple of World Cups now and it's probably going to happen again um, just Pressure on them is Looking huge. at the permutations, if they get out of the group, they'll be mm. playing either Colombia or Poland. No easy teams to play. And if they get through to the quarterfinals, it's more than likely Brazil. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can you can depress yourself before the tournament even starts if your yeah. country is in the World Cup because you're already online now, online doing these predictors. <laughs> Put in the score and it'll, it'll work it out for you. Well, you think... Panama is going to win the World Cup and it's like no that couldn't possibly be the outcome Panama winning the World Cup but look Panama are there and Ireland aren't if you weren't involved in a sweep in a certain workplace who would you like to win or who would you think would win Oh, who would I like? I would, I'd like Panama to win the World Cup, to be honest. It would be, that would be miraculous. It would be like Leicester City. It would be City. wonderful. It would. It, it would be like Leicester City winning the Premier League a couple of years ago. Um, I, I got England in the work sweep. Four years ago, I got Colombia, and I, was, I walked around in my Colombia t-shirt with great pride. I said, I'm going to take this seriously now, order a Colombia t-shirt. Yeah, it's great fun. Like no. some of their heroes in the front. I can't wear an England t-shirt around work, obviously. It's, just, <laughs> it's closer to home. Um, times have changed. You can. I, I actually didn't go into that work sweep. I had I knew you well you would have a reason to be in it. I didn't. I would just and I know I would have get the country that would win and I'd get the money and I wouldn't have watched a frame of it and mm. I would feel bad. But should that that's who always wins the Grand National sweep as well. Yeah, you but know. that's different, though. It's just like, you know... That's but it gives you an interest. The people who are not well, yeah. bothered. You, you put your bob down, whatever it is, and, and it's like the Grand National again. Look, where's my horse coming? I watched it this year. My horse was in the... He was in the top five. Mm. I was delighted with that. First of all, he finished. And um, I love the name. It was something like... Um, 
rags to riches or something like that. I don't know. I like that. Mm. Name. I like that. But as for the World Cup, look, it's just an interest around the country. Like there's going to be people saying, "How's my team doing? Mm. Yeah. How's my team doing?" And they'll watch it on the telly. And say, oh, and go the, on, the we're fact that scoring. it's, it's you know? not Liverpool, and you don't have people when you're out picking on you like everybody's basically yeah. on the same side yeah. that's less Does likely that to happen in the World Cup because you're not going to get five England fans in the corner shouting <laughs> down with your no, <laughs> that won't last too long no it'll be, it'll be great actually I think this is the one time I wouldn't mind being in a few a few venues you know, mm. a few hostelries over the next few weeks because I think the atmosphere would be quite good I'm going to be in Spain for some of it for while the group stage oh, that'd be brilliant because they love it sure I mean they're going to yeah. go crazy for it over there uh, Spain go. I won't be there on uh, Spain Port that. Spain play Portugal on the second day Ooh. on the Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon local derby yeah um, that that would be like rivalry like no other yeah, now yeah. The they really Peninsula. love their, their soccer oh they're like both teams now will be expecting to go mm. far but like you're talking about the sweep like four years ago I remember the person in work who got Costa Rica and they ended up getting yeah. to the quarterfinals was yeah. it and penalty shootout and it was like Hang on a second. We have a Costa Rica fan in the building. <laughs> They're there again this year, but um, it's you know it's it's great. And like you were saying, if you if you can go away and if you happen to be by coincidence on holiday in a country yeah. where there's a World Cup, you get to experience the international and how crazy. I'm looking forward to seeing how crazy the Spaniards are now. Every every bar, every venue over there will be. I'd say they're just lapping it up, you mm. know, because the English as well will have the, the big screens on the English bars. In, That's true. Yeah. In Spain, because there's so many English over there. But they're very they're good. So they'll come out on the streets and, and the, Russians, the place the will be Spain, in yeah. gridlock for about half an hour and then they're all gone home. Yeah. 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 You know, they don't stay out all night and yeah. get off their faces like we would. They have more sense. Um, yeah. They just, like, you <laughs> know, we did it. Go home. We have to, there's another game in four days. <laughs> Well, that's another consideration as to why maybe it's a good thing for some people that Ireland aren't in the World Cup is mm. the uh, financial consideration because yeah. some people can get carried away and, oh, sure, it's only an extra few quid and da-da-da. And, some and I, I almost felt that, like uh, mm. that Italian 90 time. I always felt like, oh, I want to be there yeah. the next time. Now, at the time I was working with it and I would have known people who could have got me into the whatever stadium it was in next. Mm. But... It, it, I, it was, I was literally letting it run away with me and in the end I got sense like, and I didn't go um, but something else that I think is very specific and no matter if you're living under a rock you know about this uh, and that's the Ireland soccer fans like we seem to be universally loved yeah and everybody thinks that Definitely. we're the best ever yep. and we seem to take that very seriously when we're away and that we don't mess and we don't allow any messing. Yeah. Like or is that just... The wasn't there like an unofficial award or something after the Euros the last time? Yeah. You know, the, the, mm. every city wanted to have the Ireland game on there because they knew they were going to get no trouble from yeah. the Ireland fans. There was videos of the, the guys like literally walking around the streets with plastic bags putting the cans in. Yeah. Cleaning up after yeah. themselves. Yeah. It's insane. You know, where no other country seems to kind of take as much pride in being, you know... It's almost as if we've, we've replaced the pride in not actually being winners with being the best fans. And I remember getting annoyed by that during Euro 20, or was it the one, whatever one before, I was like, sure, isn't it grand as long as we're singing the ole ole <laughs> in the crowd and we're all, we're happy out, the local barmen love us. We're getting beaten three and four nil. <laughs> like, what would we rather, yeah. you know, be the outcome here? But, you know, maybe we would prefer to be But we seem to be liked. really good losers, though. I mean, we seem to, yeah, sure, God, and we tried. The lads go out there, right, they just... 
they're going out to support the team, right? But they're going out to have a good time and nothing's going to stop them having a good time. Mm. And they're able to switch off after a game and that's why the locals love them because they're just there having a good time and they don't want any, any trouble. There's only one other bunch and we've way eclipsed them. And I saw them back years ago because um, they qualified for nearly every World Cup and we didn't. And in fairness, once upon a time, they were a half-decent team, Scotland. Mm. And the Scottish Army... They went out there with their little red hats and their red wigs and their flags and their bagpipes and their kilts, and they gave it welly. They went to Argentina every way they could. I heard of one guy who got there by submarine. Oh, Jesus. He was that determined to go there. And, of course, the Scots built themselves up in, in 1978 that they almost thought themselves, we've actually got a chance of winning this bloody thing. And, of course, they fell flat in their arse. Yes. But their fans, again, were mega mm. and until the Irish fans came along they were kind of to me the most interesting the most fun kind yeah. of supporters who were having a few beers and a laugh <laughs> you know and no trouble but when Ireland came along and you saw what our guys were like they left Scotland in the shade I'm sorry mm. they absolutely put Scotland to shame because we were so much nicer yeah. louder funnier mm. and I think there was more of us Scotland had that mentality as well though about well we're we're going out here. We're not. We know we're not going to win. In fact, mm. the the Scottish World Cup anthem in 1998 was it by remember Delamitri, and yeah. it was a ballad called "Don't Come Home Too Soon," <laughs> and it's actually the only properly good football song. But people hated it because it was like, oh, well, we're just thrown in the towel before we even leave Prestwick. You know, it's just. Yeah. But that's the problem. You see, their 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 team a bit like ours. We we kind of. Um, we were up there, 88, 90, 94. Mm. Things started to level off. Scotland went way downhill. That's why they brought out songs like that, because they didn't have a hope. No. But back in the late 70s, 80s, they actually had a really, really good team. On paper, they had some of the best players in Europe. Yeah. Kenny Dalglish, um, they had Alex Ferguson was manager at one stage, but they couldn't do it really together. They weren't, you know, all these guys came together. They couldn't do it as a team the way that maybe some other... Ireland actually did a lot better as a unit because mm. we used what we had. But um, they um, they were good fun, you know. They were good fun, but they, they weren't like the Irish. I, I don't know what it is. We, we, you need they the took the whiskey off us. Yeah. Right? yeah. And we were taking that back now. They don't like that either. <laughs> you need fun in the World Cup, though, and I think certain countries will bring that. I think I don't. I, I don't Brazil. know. What, I don't know what Panama's fans are like, but they'll, you know, all five um, of them. Yeah, all five in Russia. <laughs> Take Nigeria this year. Nigeria. The color. The color. Yeah. Oh. Their jersey you cannot buy in Nigeria. Yeah. Jersey. They've all sold out. Queued up for us. All of the World Cup gear is sold out. I don't know whether it's because people want, you know, there's certain um, the African community just want to, you know, make people yeah. aware of their African roots. A lot of people are just buying it because it looks so retro. Honestly, if people are trying to track down these Nigeria jerseys, the place is going to be full of color. Um, Australia were like that for a couple of tournaments as well because people didn't expect Australia ever to like get to World Cups or whatever. True, true. Yeah. Um, and the then the, US, the USA came along. They're not there this year, unfortunately, because it's the game was taken off there. But if they're not in the World Cup, the Americans, I think, kind of just mm. forget about soccer altogether. Now they want to know if Zlatan was going to be playing in the World Cup because he landed and joined LA Galaxy and became the, the new, the big, biggest thing since David Beckham in LA. Yeah. And all of a sudden, hang on a second, you don't play with the international team anymore? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what? They're finally starting to realise that players go there after their peak, you know. Yeah. So, your best soccer moment, I gave you a heads up on this, but your best 
soccer moment ever. It can be a World Cup or not a World Cup. I won't know the difference, quite frankly. Impossible but question. Impossible. Well, give us a few then. You'd have to have... It'd be like asking me my favourite song. I'd give you maybe ten and I could narrow it. I could whittle it down to three. Like, surely that one that I saw in Italia 90 has to figure. Yeah, but you know what? I was thinking about this and it, it has to be up there because I was old enough and I do remember uh, World Cup 90. But I forget the feeling. I don't know what it felt like anymore. I know the footage. I know David O'Leary mm. putting the keeper the wrong way and getting into the World Cup and I know the disappointment was there after. But I, but I remember the feeling of watching Robbie Brady had a goal against Italy two years ago in, a, in an Irish pub in Liverpool. I still know, I still kind of get the tingle. Mm. Whereas the World Cup 90 is that long ago, it's almost beyond analysis anymore. So that has, has to be top for most Irish fans or any Irish fan who was around at the time. But then you split your Ireland moments from your club moments and all of the rest. It's, then you start getting into your double yeah. lists. I, I, I remember being in, in a cinema watching, or uh, the Forum, which was a cinema at one time. Um, the Houghton goal was amazing and everybody was just... But mm -hmm. Ray Houghton did something else a couple of years before that in uh, the European Championships when he got the winner against England. And because of the... He put the ball in the English net. That, that was actually more... more. That's actually the anniversary of it today. It's, it's As we record this, it's the 30th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. He, he, um, he scored that goal that day, but that was an amazing win. And that was against, again, the odds. No one was expecting us to, to beat England really that day. But um, you'd have to look at that. You'd have to look at, um, for me, uh, Liverpool moments, European Cups. Again, Vinny wouldn't remember 1977, but I was... Watching it on my why couch Liverpool? at home. This always amazes me about people. <laughs> why not? But why? why? Because they what? were they were the standard bearers for English football from pretty much the seventies right into the eighties. They had some of the greatest players. And when young kids are watching Match of the Day on Saturday night and they're going around school kicking ball, whatever it is, you you, you don't think about well, who am I going to follow. You're going to follow the team necessarily that's in front of you on the telly that your friends are talking about you're looking in, in magazines and they're the best so you don't want to follow some team that's the fifth best do you I mean kids kids are not like that mm. so kids see in my day it was Kevin Keegan and they see these guys scoring goals on telly all the time they think oh yeah and you're everybody kid every kid wants to be somebody like today they want to be Messi they want to be Ronaldo uh, they want to be whoever it is mm. so for me it was Liverpool and thing is when you start following a club you don't change you stay with that club for better or for worse for the rest of your life you can't change so, so you, in my you, era like you mid 70s can't. you can't go oh, I'm sick Manchester of United were not really at the races at that time they would have had their time in the 60s and they had a load of fans and to this day those guys are mm. age there now they followed United all the way through and then saw the glory days coming in with Alex Ferguson whereas with me in fairness, if Liverpool never win anything again, I've had a good innings. I had great days and great nights watching and listening to that club on the radio. And I can't complain if they never win anything else because there's some guys, and I, and I love them to bits, the guys who, as you know, will follow a, a less fashionable club. They'll go and see them, right? They'll, uh, they'll buy the gear. Um, doesn't matter if they never win a match. They're mm -hmm. as passionate about them as I am about Liverpool, and and they don't win anything. And they're out there. The guy I know, guys who support Leeds, you know. <laughs> in, I do too. I love them. We all know I'm a huge Ipswich fan. Like mm. we, you know, there there are guys who Exeter City, Exeter. You know, like it's like it's crazy, but yeah, you know, I don't know why you picked Liverpool for my. Well, yeah, you know, why did you? It was that team in the late eighties. It was John Barnes, Ian Rush, Ray Howe. You couldn't miss them. You know, you couldn't miss them. It was just. 
for me, I, I'd argue the case that John Barnes is still the best footballer I've ever watched because he was that good when I was eight to ten years of age, you know. And he'll always be, in my eyes, the greatest of all time. And you would probably say Keegan, or uh, Kenny. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny probably Rodriguez, was the, you know? the greatest Liverpool player I've ever seen. I did see John Barnes actually score at Wembley, yeah. a penalty against Man United, and uh, one of my worst soccer moments was that match because I was in the Man United end wearing a Liverpool scarf <laughs> and I saw police actually escorting families out of that section mm. because they were being abused by Manchester United fans who had had a few drinks before the game. Mm. This was back in 1990. Community it's Shield. Community Shield, yeah. As they call it now. Charity, <laughs> Charity Shield in those Shield. days. But um, I tucked the shirt and so the scarf <laughs> into my jacket, buttoned it up, mm. sat there. Uh, there was no score at this stage. Then United scored and everybody jumped up. Of course, I, I stood up, but I just kind of didn't, didn't you know, do anything. And when Liverpool scored, I had to stay perfectly silent. I couldn't celebrate the goal. Because I probably would have got bottled or something from behind. So, But you also didn't celebrate the Manchester United goal no, to protect yourself. No, I, no, I just stood up. As if to notice what was going on. Yeah, I, I left the ground thinking, well, there's a lovely experience ruined. Mm. you know. And uh, I didn't get a free ticket. But I, it should have dawned on me at the time. It was my first time at Wembley. The guy who got me the ticket was a Man United <laughs> fan. So obviously they're, they're yeah. going to be in the United section. But hey, you know, back to the good moments. Waterford win in the cup in 1980 I was quite young I only have vague memories of it even though I, I can remember earlier matches on the World Cup stage more vividly but that Brian Gardner goal to this day everyone remembers bang did you ever play? I played in school um, okay. I played once for Dungarvan I think back in the late <laughs> 70s and can we read something from the fact that it was only once? I think you can. I think you can. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think it, it's. Uh, it, it, it was never going to be my destiny, Maria, to be a professional footballer and follow John O'Shea across the water. But um, getting back to the Blues at that moment, uh, that was a wonderful moment because we hadn't won the cup in so long, and we haven't won it since. And um, I'd only been to see two games in Kilcoan Park. My dad brought me down. That would probably be one of my outstanding memories. Was '78 against Dundalk. Johnny Matthews who I was to get to know later on. Uh, little, little do you know, going as a kid to watch these guys, who were heroes at the time, even though it was League of Ireland, it wasn't Premiership, whatever. But Sid Wallace was on that team, Peter Thomas, Brian Gardner, they've all become folk heroes in Waterford. And if you're from here, you know that. And I now am regularly in touch with Sid on Facebook. I, I became his friend. I went drinking with the guy. We're, we're friends now. We're actually friends. I'm actually friends with a guy that I kind of, and lots of other kids, had up there and saw them on the television and there was even a song going around about Sid Wallace back in the 70s, you know, there's only one Sidney Wallace, blah, blah, blah. And Brian Gardner, again, is, is a lovely guy, a really nice guy and as Sid will tell you, he's still living off that goal in 1980, you know, but it's up to the young guys now to take the mantle and become the new heroes and we need that, we won't even go into the hurling. Right, but we need we need that so much. We need to forget about fifty nine and 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 to have that erased finally and do something else. But in soccer terms, thankfully now the crowds are coming back. The RSC is buzzing again. The Blues are on the way. Um, there's there's great days coming, I think, for these guys. And it's lovely to see all these little kids now going around in their shorts. Like there wasn't too many of them even going back like twenty years before. Like say Tommy Lynch came to the RSC, and that was a big night as well when we beat Shamrock Rovers in the cup. Because the Rovers and Blues fans don't really get on historically. 
there's been a lot of needle there between the Rovers fans you've been a dub now Maria oh, sorry I have to say it there was there was trouble after the match but I'll never forget the ball coming down a guy called Donald Golden was playing for the Blues at the time I think he was um, from up the country I'm not sure where he was from but he bends down low heads the ball into the net the crowd went crazy it was 5,000 packed into the RSC that night and they knocked Rovers out of the cup and we got as far as the semi-finals that year. A really good Shelburne team beat them in the semi-finals 2-0. But um, it was a crazy run. But that night we went down to the nightclub afterwards. Some of the players were there. And I remember everybody just on a high thinking, wasn't that great tonight? Wasn't that fantastic? And it was just definitely one it of the big It is very tribal, moments. isn't it? Like a, that collective. Hugely. Like the, yeah. You know, that everybody is just so happy when they win and devastated yeah. when they don't win. The difference is, I think if you were following any other team like from across the water or Spain or you're not likely to run into Mo Salah in the pub after a game in Anfield or something. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, or any no. player really. That's that's <laughs> the divide between the grassroots and then looking at guys who you only see on TV, you know. Um, Did you ever play? N no, just for the club at home. That was pretty much it. As, as soon as I left school, that was it, gone. Mm. Um, I was in the same, I was in the same club as Kevin Doyle who went on obviously to represent Ireland and stuff. Um, and you spot those players straight away. It's like it's yeah. Some some guys say they they do. I I, I don't know. It's easy to look back. Oh yeah, I, I knew all the time you he know, was going to be famous. You know when a guy is running down the right wing of yeah, a pitch and you're going to yeah. go the, front, the other guys and have no chance. Yeah. You know, but um, that's but that's the thing. Um, just as you mentioned there, yeah. Some of those guys. How many though? How many of the um, the prodigies go across the water? actually signed to a club in England or wherever and make it eventually in the long run. So many of them have come back. I saw a really sad documentary about that on TV once where a number of very talented young Irish guys from uh, Dublin, from Cork, whatever, uh, were brought over as 16-year-olds maybe to, it could be Manchester United or whatever. And that's not necessarily the best thing to go to the big club because mm -hmm. you're with all these other very talented young fellas and they want a place on that team. And if you don't make it, like they cut you loose and they send you home mm -hmm. and you come back home so what do you do then you play for a league of ireland club your, your dream of being a professional footballer in england is gone and that does something to your confidence it does something to your mentality and some fellas never get over that some fellas have gone back again and but only the few the john o'shea's the daryl murphy's kevin doyle mm. they're in a kind of a little elite club and they're the top of the, the iceberg really to be honest with you they probably not are. everybody makes it and it's very sad when they don't because you've invested everything in it and it's like your dream and you go over there and eventually they say sorry Jimmy we have to let you go yeah. they all had something in common those players as well they left mm. it quite late it was the thing yeah, to go over at yeah. 15, 16 years of age and you're never going to survive that so whereas if you do have your base in the League of Ireland here now players can go over we're seeing players sign for teams like Preston and for Reading and, and stuff like that in the last couple of years so um you know but it's it's getting tougher because mm. english because you know half the premier league is or most i don't know what the stat is but they're all foreign players mm. the big teams are not looking even to will that help bring ireland that there's so much international people coming here to live who are getting into soccer will that help us as a team then going forward i mean it you know I, people I, mean, I don't know i mean i don't it doesn't, no, I don't know. I don't think necessarily if you, you know, if a Brazilian family moves into your street that that's necessarily going to still mean that you're going to have mm. Neymar in your team in 10 years' time. I think it's, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's the culture where you live. You know, okay. I think you need to be in 
Mm. A, a street full of Brazilians. Interesting. I'd like yeah. to think, yeah, there's, uh, there's a few young guys now coming up. Um, you see them and you, you, you hear names that you know they're not um, native Irish, yeah. right? Poles, Brazilians, wherever they're from, I don't know. Uh, but some of them are really good. And in years to come, they probably That's can play I mean. for Ireland. Yeah. Mm. And so I'd like to think it, 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 it'll, it'll bring us on. It, it, I don't think it'll do us any harm. Mm. I think oh, yeah. if these young fellas are coming through. I, I'm looking forward to the day when, when I, again, not to be going outside the, 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 the topic, but I want to see, you know, semi Yokamata mm. <laughs> pulling on a, a Waterford Hurling shirt. Yeah. And some I, guy with an unpronounceable name. Mm. Lifting the cup like as Waterford captain mm. in whatever, I think that'd be fantastic because then that will show you that it has worked. But yeah. it might take a while. It might, but there's some really talented young fellas in here, and some of these guys, I'd say, in a few years' time, they'll be uh, they'll be really good if they get well coached. As long as they don't coach it out of them, some fellas, you know, can, they can beat it out of anyone. You know, learn, you learn to do that. Learn the Irish way of just <laughs> <laughs> too much the moral victory. No one. We'd, I'm Brazilian. I should be winning these games. We've yeah, won one all. Drunk. We won one all. Yeah, we won one all. <laughs> I saw that was a cartoon years ago after after the England game. We withdrew with them. We beat England one all. <laughs> you know they're they're celebrating like and that's that's the mentality though. You know at the time. Best player ever. Ooh. Best player ever now. <laughs> you answer that, Philip. I'll have, I'll have to think. It, um, we're we're very lucky at the moment because we're in a time when I think the two two of the best players are playing at the same time, Messi and Ronaldo. You have your t people who are on Team Messi and you have your people who are on Team Ronaldo. Messi is easier to like, I think, because he's just a more likeable fellow. Whereas Ronaldo is kind of win at all costs. He's mm. likely to dive. He's likely to be a little bit more cynical. Messi doesn't roll around in the ground all the time. But they're two incredible... If you, like, if you, th if you think as f of football as an art, and I heard like Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger is a manager, obviously he was in charge of Arsenal for 20 years. When he came into the Premier League, he changed the mentality of management. And he, he wanted to think of soccer as a science. And he was a soccer scientist. He changed everything from diet to lifestyle to your mindset. So if you think of football as just a craft and an art, like Ronaldo and Messi, it's beautiful to watch what they're mm -hmm. able to do. You know, you have to go back to maybe the other Brazilian Ronaldo World Cup 98 and then back to Maradona back to Pele those would be the team those would be the players that are in the, the argument for the best player of all time and I think valid arguments could be made for Pele, Maradona Messi, Ronaldo Yeah they're the names that normally get trotted out and with, with good reason obviously but I remember Alfie Hale one of the, the great Waterford soccer men saying that what people forget is you see what you see in the era that you see it. Mm. But he said, if you went back a few years before it was popular even on TV, there were certain Brazilian players even before Pele, and he mentioned mm. a couple of guys like there was uh, Garincha, and there was a guy from Hungary called uh, Puskas. Mm. These guys apparently were brilliant. They were as good as anything you'll ever see, but we didn't get to see them week in, week out. We didn't get to see the footage of them. Mm. You, you look them up today, I don't know if you can even get them on YouTube, but also, you remember at the time they were playing with big, heavy balls. They mm. they didn't have the aerodynamic boots they have now. They were also playing in an era where defenders were very tough mm. in certain cases. Uh, they weren't mollycoddled. Um, there was there was 
it's very hard, different eras. It's like, who was the best tennis player of all time? Was it Bjorn Borg? Was it Pete Sampras? Was it Roger Federer? They were all around at different times. There was different dynamics involved. Even the strength of the rackets was different at different mm. times. The, the, the ball, everything. So for me personally, because of my era, I can only relate to what I saw. I can't talk about what I saw before. And I don't even know if you can compare them to the guys today. I think Ronaldo's brilliant. I think Messi's fantastic. But I, 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 I still, I look at the influence that, that they all had as well. The guys that they were playing with. Like on a team that Messi's with in Barcelona over the years, it's a lot easier to shine on that team than it is to shine on a team when not as many players are as good. Mm. Like he had class around him and they, they brought the best out of him. But I go back to... The likes of uh, Johan Cruyff for Holland, who was just a genius, a real thinker, and, and, and an arrogant so-and-so at times as well. But you needed that bit of arrogance. And as a striker... Um, he invented the Cruyff turn. You, of course, knew that, Maria. I was just about to bring but, it up. But you will now, Maria, because you're going to sit down and watch all this. You're, you're going to watch I'm, it before just, the I tournament can't, I actually begins. can't wait to get into here YouTube. now until I just yeah, prepare your myself. your bar of chocolate and your cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and as I said, that, that will sway you then to get interested in the tournament because you will. You, you will get into it. But no, I, I, I really don't know. The best player of all time. Again, Maradona was incredible. And I always thought at the time, I didn't want him to be rated better than Pele. Uh, because I, 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 lo I love Pelin, I still do, I like him as a person. I didn't like Maradona as a person, and that swayed me a bit there. But watching him on the pitch, like, he was just awesome. But um, one guy who never, never played in the World Cup, often gets neglected when it comes to the greatest. George Best mm. was awesome. And George, right, with that little twinkle in his eye over the years, would always be interviewed, and he'd say to Terry Wogan or whatever, um, Pelé said I was the best player ever. He said, that's good enough for me. <laughs> and whether Pele again be the nice guy that he was was just being modest mm. and I think there was a bit of modesty there mm. but George Best could do things that I don't think I've ever seen any other player do and because of the fact that he was born in Northern Ireland he never got to play in the World Cup and if he looked after himself a bit better he might have been on the team in 82 mm. with Jerry Armstrong and the lads but as we know George was a little bit colourful and mm. uh, he liked extraneous activities but yeah. Seeing, seeing the footage of him, uh, I just don't think I've seen anyone do what he did with that style and with that joy that he had before he... And he, he would have been drinking the night before. <laughs> I, I dare so Messi to do that. Do you reckon you've done a good job of selling it to me? Do you think I Not should go home now and no, you know, I, watch, there watch now. a whole you match? You as you were when you started, when you switched the mic on. <laughs> I think we might... Well, no, it's 40 minutes after we started what? and we're still talking. Yeah, well, I think Timmy so, might have done... I thought we'd have a half time. Timmy, Timmy <laughs> might have done a good job of convincing you to start at grassroots, go out to the RSC now in the next game. Uh, and sample, you mean leave the house? Sample the local atmosphere. <laughs> And then progress to maybe, you know, well... It's ambitious there now. There's going to be three games on your TV every day now for the next two two weeks mm. and then maybe two a day until the final get down to the latter stages. So And I won't know where Coronation Street is. <laughs> you know, you can record that. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I was going to suggest, right? Here's what I was going to suggest. You you get yourself your bar of chocolates, right? Mm. And, 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 and a, about mm. a half an hour before the game. I want you to just go on YouTube and look at a few little bits and pieces. Do a little bit of Googling on it. But also, I don't want you to look at uh, a grass, grassy pitch and, and a ball and boots and these fellas, these over overrated footballers or whatever, kicking a bit of leather around. Think about those little young fellas when they were in Argentina and Brazil as six and seven-year-olds with no shoes, 
uh, with no money, with families who were living in, in ghettos and shacks mm. and shanty towns, dreaming one day of walking out onto that pitch because that's what they're going to be doing. That's what they're going to do in, in Russia. Mm. Fellas from Saudi Arabia, from Morocco, fellas who their whole village is at home watching them because our guy is out there. Oh, now you're making me feel like I have to watch it. But them. no, it's the magic of the world. That's the magic of the World Cup. Mm. Everything coming together. It's like, um, again, only that, I wouldn't even say 1% will get there. And it's it's time for them to go out now. This could be their moment could be gone, like in, in moments, or it could last a lifetime. But the memories they'll they'll always have those memories, and we can look back. You can't look back in other tournaments because you you didn't watch them. Mm. But this could be your first time to say, okay, watch it without any kind of preconceived ideas. Don't sit there thinking, oh, this is going to be boring now. Mm. Sit there an and open mind. imagine you're from another planet and you're writing an article on this and you're from Venus mm. and Marie McCann is down here reporting <laughs> and I have to get back to Beam the lads. What's this? No, you have to watch the whole game, by the way. Mm-hmm. You have to watch okay. the, and the analysis of oh, halftime. Oh, no, I have to watch that. Very important. I love the analysis. Uh, and this is There's so thing. much of it now and so many networks. You have to pick and choose wisely. I was hoping you'd ask us who our favourite panel people were. Oh, well, God. Go on, then tell me. Off you go. I don't really have a favourite panel because traditionally you would have grown up with Giles and Dunphy and Brady. I personally think that they've been on too long. Um, <laughs> well, Giles is gone. Giles is gone. Um, now you have your, your, your options between your BTs and your Sky Sports, but in the World Cup you'll have your ITV versus your BBC. Yeah. And they're all very nice though, aren't they? Lineker and the rest, they're all very nice. And Mm. I don't think they get into the cut and thrust as much as Dunphy in his heyday. At least, Mm. you mightn't agree with him, right? But he got in there and he he got the pen. I know we can't throw pens down here in the studio, Maria, because it'll make an Mm. awful clinking noise. I see a pen there, I'm tempted. (laughs) But Eamon Dunphy would have the whole country kind of either laughing or shouting at him or roaring at the telly, telly, that that shoutability factor, Mm. you know, which you you love with the panel. You know what? You would have loved Bill O'Hurley. Well his his the secret was, and he always said it and he made no secret of it, he he asked Dunphy and Giles the question that the fella down the pub who didn't know everything, yeah. Yeah. who didn't know it, he asked the question that that guy might ask and let the lads away. Mm. And I think that's the way to come from it as well. You can, you can have your panels and maybe it happens a little bit in the UK where guys are trying to be the know-it-all. You don't have to be the know-it-all. You have your experts there beside you. They should know it all. Yeah. You know, there are, pe- there are people who will be watching football for the first time in four years. The same as we watch track cycling every four years when the Olympics is on. We don't give a toss in between. <laughs> Bill was you the know? conductor and, and the lads were the orchestra, right? Yeah. And he was able to light a match sometimes and he knew what he was doing because, mm. you know, Bill mm. was big in PR and he was, he was a good pro. He was a good TV guy and he just folded the arms. Well, lads, that was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah. And that, oh, Bill, that was great football. What are you talking? Do you know what? They, and, and he'd set them off. He knew how oh. to press the buttons. Yeah. And I, I, I was never a big fan of Liam Brady, but I thought he was a good guy in the middle of Dunphy and Giles. But I, I did remember. I think it was either Giles or, or Dunphy saying that the, the boys were too saccharine on the other channels. That they, it was just mm. all nicey, nicey. And yeah, well, England's uh, playing well there, you know. And it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not as good as the last one, but um, but they, they never really got as. You need somebody with the close to the bone, you know. You're not going to get anything controversial. Yeah, and I think, I think you do. You need somebody who cares enough to kick off some Brian Clough yeah. years ago was on, on any the panel, panel back in whenever it was. And again, you <clears> just, you hung on his every word because you didn't know what he was going to say next. And I love that. In fact, I love I, the, unpre- the, the unpredictable panellists. Who's going to win it, Timmy? 
Do you know what? And again, going back to when, when I was a kid, I, I sort of liked the Liverpool thing. For some reason, I got a grow for the Germans earlier on and I followed them through every tournament. Even when Ireland were there, I wanted to see Germany do well, not at Ireland's expense. So when Ireland were gone, I, I took over with Germany. Even in 1990? Even in 1990, no, I was thrilled when they won it. I was no delighted. Way. I love Germany. An horrible game of football, the final in 1990. Ah, listen, they won it. You know, <laughs> um, four years ago they were just wonderful to watch again. Um, so I'm going to stick with Germany. But I, 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 do you know what? I hope it's a team who play really good football, and when they get to the end, that everyone is happy that they won it. Back chat with Maria McCann. You can't wish for better than that. Thanks to Timmy Ryan and Vincent Bradley for being with me on this week's Back Chat. All episodes of Back Chat with Maria McCann are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to save on what you need to make stylish updates to your kitchen and bathroom. We do it right too with savings on the Delta Valdosta Kitchen and Bath Collection. Featuring faucets and accessories with spot shield technology so you don't have to worry about water spots and stains. And for three days only, all new and existing Lowe's credit card holders get 10% off purchases made with your Lowe's card. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Credit offer valid 315 to 317. Subject to credit approval cannot be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. Skydiving. This is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port in of number not currently active on T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.